Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Ann Ukenen. Welcome this morning. Welcome to Celebration Life. Children, you can make your way. I see Miss Abby waiting uh, and uh, they're going. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I, I really enjoyed Pastor Gwen's sermon last week on following. It was very good. If you didn't get a chance to watch, listen, hear it, go online. You can find it. If you're with us online, it was really great. I loved how she was talking about kids and, and how they do things with their whole heart. That, uh, that, that when they get to the lake, that they don't, they don't just do a toe thing. Uh, children and, and Pastor Gwen said, children just don't stick a toe. And I remember I was one of those people that was just like, run into the cold water, go, ah! you know, that kind of thing. I was that kind of person. Um, kids are so much fun. And I get to work with them all the time. But there's times when they're not fun. <laughs> they, have their, they have their moments. But throughout our day, kids will sometimes bring special things to school that have their heart for their moment because it changes in the moment. Like they have their, you know, their, their things that they go to sleep with at night and that's very special to them and they keep that that they're blanky or they're stuffy and when we talk about it they all know they have that they can bring it up that thing but they'll bring things to school every once in a while and they'll have something that is really cool very fun so exciting so precious it's precious to them and so they keep it with them and they keep it in their hands it's precious to with them and they play with it they look it they like it and they keep it close and then I tell them to go put it in their backpack and lo and behold it somehow appears back in their hand later. Like <laughs> and so, you know, throughout the, sometimes I have to confiscate and keep the precious things. But, <laughs> but they keep it close and, they, and, they, and they, it comes out again or it comes with them to recess time and they hold on to it and they, and they care for it and they want to keep it and they keep it close to them. And then I think about adults and the things that they care for and the things that are precious to them, like your china or whatever thing that you have precious that you put up you put it away, it's not close to you, and you barely ever use it. And it's like for special occasions, and so you have to like, you know, <laughs> I see someone laughing, <laughs> making connections to that precious thing in the china cabinet, that it's so precious, and you can't let the kids touch it, of course. And then you're like, oh, are these visitors worthy of my china? And like, <laughs> no, they have kids. No, we're going to use the regular. <laughs> and that kind of thing. And these precious things, they never get used. They never get used. They're put away. And, uh, but kids, they use things. And they use it till it breaks. And then they get something else. And they use that until it's precious. And it's precious. And the thing about kids is what's precious will change. But we have of something precious that's on the inside of us. So if you can turn to 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. I want to read in um, verse 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to be all over around here. And in verse 6 
Uh, let me see. No, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have the power of God on the inside of us. And the Amplified, I'm going to skip over to the Amplified. It says, however, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel uh, in vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. We have this on the inside of us. And it's not meant to be put away in a china cabinet and not touched, but it's meant to be close. It's meant to be close by us. It is close by us. And it's not like that little toy that one of my students plays with and plays with and plays with until it breaks. It's never going to break. It's never going to run out. It's always going to be there. And it's meant to shine forth. If you jump up to verse 6, it says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts, so as to beam forth the light of illumination, of the knowledge and of the majesty and glory of God, as it manifests in the person and, and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. In us, this light shining forth, it's a good light. I just think about a flashlight shining forth. And God's light is so much bigger than a flashlight. But have you ever been out camping or you've been in the dark and, and maybe the power has gone out and you turn the flashlight on and maybe you didn't see the right end and it gets in your eyes and it hurts. It hurts when you get that light in your eye. And so the flashlight, and when we were, we were when I was going to camp to this uh, Bible camp when I was little, um, we used to play this game. It was like capture the flag in the dark. So they'd wake us up in the dead of night and go out with our flashlights and, you know, you and flash them at other people. And they're like, ah, my eyes. So you have to like make sure that you, you know, flash it to the ground. But even then it's really bright. Yesterday when we were driving out at around six o'clock, like the light, the, the light was still bright out, but it was getting darker, and all the cars had their lights on. And they were like, looked really intense because the dark, like it wasn't completely dark night out. And so they were really bright, and I'm like, ah, my eyes, complaining to my Ari about it. I'm like, oh, it's, the car lights are so bright d driving at this time of day. The light is shining out of us, and people are going to see something of it but it's going to be different how they see it. And they, and they see it differently, like and Christians will see it differently. Believers will see it differently than the unbelievers. I want us to go to jump back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So jumping back might be turning the page. That's all. And go to verse 12. Since we have such glorious hope and such joyful, confident expectation, we speak very freely and openly and fearlessly. I'm going to read that again. Since we have such a glorious hope, such joyful and confident expectation, we speak very freely and openly and fearlessly. I think... In this day, 
in this time. I think that, that, that we've been open, like people have been openly and fearlessly talking about the wrong things. Oh, you should wear a mask. They're open and fearless about that. Not wear a mask. Open and fearless about that. Hmm. Vaccinations. Open and fearless about getting them. Open and fearless about not getting them. And what I find is people are open, open and fearless about their opinions rather than the hope that is within us. The hope that is within us is going to bring change. The hope within us is going to unite us, not divide. People are not going to like it. That is true. But they need it. And we should be that op open and fearless about our hope about who we have on the inside of us and sharing that hope, being confident in that and freely sharing that. But let me be honest. You have shared at work and people have not been happy about that. You've shared with your family and they've bitten your ear off. And you've shared and you've shared and... I think we've come to a place where people are not sharing anymore. Because you don't want to have that confrontation at, at, at the family thing. You want it to be a nice time for everyone to enjoy. You want the workplace to be peaceful. You don't want to get into trouble. And it stomp it down. And it stomped down. We're avoiding conflict. But let me tell you, there's going to be some conflict for them if they don't accept Jesus. And there's going to be eternity of pain that's greater than listening to you talk to them about Jesus. And we need to share it. And we need to share it and share it and share it. I was, when I was in New York... I, I was there for about a year, and, uh, and, um, and then someone else came. He was another Canadian teacher, and uh, he, he was an evangelist, and he evangelized in that, in that, in that building, in, in, the, in the school. And, I, and I've heard, I heard what people said about him, but you know what? He didn't care. He kept on sharing, and he kept on sharing, He's a really nice guy. He was, you know, there for a little bit, and then he was gone. But he kept on sharing and kept on sharing and didn't care. He was like a dog with a bone. Have you seen? Uh, with the gospel and sharing with people. And I'm not an evangelist, but we all are called to it. And we need to have that bit of tenacity and that bit of that dog going after the bone. <laughs> of other people's salvation. And I've talked about like not ramming it down people's throat, but there's a balance. There's a balance of sharing. And you're like, well, I don't know what that balance is. What do I do? What do I do? Well, we can ask. 
<laughs> and we can get wisdom and we can get what to do. Maybe if we heard the Holy Spirit and we went to a family thing, he would tell us which person to talk to and when. Instead of going to everybody when they're busy with something and they don't want to hear it. But when they're open, God knows when people are open. We can hear when to go talk to people. And, but our light's still shining. We're not like a flashlight that can be, is turned on and off. It's still shining from us. Jesus has got the shining. We don't have to worry about, not the movie. Anyway, <laughs> it's shining forth and it's not scary. For <laughs> It won't be scary when you realize it and recognize it for what it is. So that shining, that fearless, fearless, the, oh, I'm going to read it again. We speak freely and openly and fearlessly. Amen. Not based on what government's laws there are. And I understand, like in China, you can't say things publicly, but they are private. They are speaking things privately. There's women, a, a woman that Pastor Gwen met that got hung by her hair for speaking the gospel and preaching the gospel. And guess what? It didn't stop her. She kept on going to church, kept on preaching, saving people, and raising the dead, right? That was that woman. Raising. Oh, she, oh, you heard the story. Oh, didn't meet her, but she's dead. Heard the story of her raising the dead. Of, and, and I'm sorry? Mama Kwan in China. And I'm sure there's other people there that no one is aware of. And we can be open. We can be open. And, we ha and the church has not shared the love of God in the right way. It's been more of preaching about, you should do this. You should do that. You should do the other thing. And it's caused people to reject Jesus when that wasn't the message. They were, they were preaching Jesus wasn't the message. They were preaching what you should do and what you shouldn't do. They were preaching the rules and sharing with people the rules, and people got offended and so very hurt at the church. They did. But I know this, that God can take care of their hurts. God can take care of them, heal them, and restore them. But we need to make sure we're not preaching what to do and what you should be like, because of course they're not holy. They're not born again. <laughs> And, and it's not about that. You need Jesus to be holy, <laughs> not what to do to be holy. Uh, we heard in the Old Testament, super hard and difficult versus having Jesus, super easy. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're plunking people into the Old Testament method when we talk to them and telling them that you have to be like this. And it may have not be us, but it was someone before us. And now we get glory and honor of preaching about Jesus, who they associate with someone who hates them. And we've had this message, oh, love the person, not the sin. But that message doesn't seem to help them who, who identify with the sin. They, that's who they are until they get become a new creature and that's not who they are and it's different it's different 
So we're back in verse 12 and, and 13. Nor do we act like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the Israelites might not gaze upon the finish of the vanishing splendor which had been upon it. Can't imagine that. Wonder how he was feeling. So they made him put a veil over his face. Be like, why? Because you can't handle it? It's like holding the flashlight and averting it out of their gaze. And it was vanishing because it didn't last. Because it was on the outside. He would spend time with God in his presence and his holiness. And his, light, his face would shine. But it wouldn't last. But we have a light that's never ending. That's shining. Not on the outside, but on the inside. And it's like, and it's got a battery that has no end. That it keeps on shining. We don't have to change that battery. Don't have to charge it. Go to church, charge my battery. Oh, I feel like I get, can get through the week. No, no, that's not the light that we have. We have a light that shines, never ending, bright, and it's not fading. But are we being like those people, being like Moses, putting the veil over? You just get through work. Not offend anyone. Not have a conversation or a fight. At the family. I'm going to nod. Oh, I know my sister so-and-so. I know how they are. Better not say that. Put the veil. Oh, my neighbor. Put the veil. Put the veil. Maybe dampen it a little bit. It's not so bright. Put on the sunglasses. But fearlessly, openly sharing. We have to get past caring what people think. Because caring what people think brings people to hell. They'll have a fun time here. Bless God doing what they want. Not getting offended. But they're going to get offended at something. Might as well be the gospel. Because <laughs> eventually someone's going to get in. In fact, in verse 14, their minds were grown hard and calloused, and they had become dull and lost the power of understanding. For until this present day, when the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, is being read, the same veil still lies on their heart, not being lifted to reveal that in Christ is made void and done away, gone. And we talk about that sometimes, that the veil was torn. In the temple, they had a, in the holiest of holies, they had a veil. And I, and I looked up a bit of things. I was like, I was wondering how thick it was. Did you know it was four inches thick? I didn't know fabric could get like that. I was like, four inches thick? That's pretty thick. And then and th they gave all these other dimensions about like com compromise of 72 squares that were sewn together. This veil formed a barrier between the glory of God and man. So... And in, in, when in the temple, they'd have the priests and they do all the stuff that the law said to do to get clean. And then hopefully, hopefully they were clean. But just to make sure, they'd tie a, a rope around their ankle and they had bells. And so, uh-oh, Eli fell. 
drag him out. Because you can go get out, get him after, because maybe you'd die too. So <laughs> the presence of God, so holy, glorious, this presence in the inside of us. So when Jesus died on the cross, this veil got torn from the top to the bottom. It was 30 feet tall. And so it was God. It was God who did that. There was no Jewish people. Okay, let's stand on by the ladder. And then when Jesus dies over there, the veil will be torn. What a coincidence. God tore it. Have you ever tried to tear a bunch of paper folded in half? Think, do you think if you went home and got your newspaper, the Surrey Leader or whatever, Surrey Now, you think if you took it by the spine, could you rip it in half? No, you couldn't. Once you start folding a paper in half, like one paper, but maybe multiple papers, and you fold it in half and in half and in half, you can't tear that. That's not four inches. Four inches is like that. Pretty tough to tear that. When we think of veils, we think, oh, the bridal veil. It wasn't that kind of veil. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> we think, oh, you can kind of see through a bridal veil. Can't see through this veil. This veil that was torn. And it was torn from top to bottom. No more separation. No more separation from us and him. Hallelujah. 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 And in verse 15. Yes, down to this very day, when Moses is read, a veil lies upon, uh, lies upon their minds and hearts. So it's talking about the people who are reading Moses and not understanding it. They understand a piece of it, but they don't understand the Jesus in it. They don't understand... What the law could not do, Jesus did. Jesus did for us. And we understand it so much more better. But then, like, I don't know why we would want to talk with unbelievers about what the Bible says. Because they can't understand it. They can't ever understand it. And those people that are unsaved and want to talk about Revelation first, <laughs> not worth your time. They need Jesus. And then their perspective will change. <laughs> their perspective will change. Don't bother and get trapped up in, in philosoph philosophical conversations about God's word because they can't get it. You have this revelation knowledge that was revealed to you by God. There's no way an unbeliever can understand that. How, do you remember when you read something? I remember the first bit of revelation I got when I was a teenager about it was the beam in your eye. <laughs> Being open and honest and going, ooh, I just got it. I just got it. I mean, there wasn't any, really any extra information besides that, that verse. But I was like, ooh, it pricked me and made me go, oh, oh, yes. Let's, let me take care of me and not worry about what other people are doing. <laughs> But that, but that revelation that was precious with you, when you, your, your heart, like, jumped. Has your heart jumped when you read his word? You're like, oh, oh, that's so great. There's no heart jumping with someone who's an unbeliever reading God's word. They can't possibly get it. They can't possibly know it. They can read it because 
Lots of people can read. But there's a difference between reading and understanding. Let me tell you as a teacher, comprehension is very important. Just because you can read the words doesn't mean you understand and can answer questions about it. They can decode, they can read the words, but they don't understand. That's why we don't just teach about the mechanics. We teach the comprehension piece as well, because that is so important. And part of comprehending and understanding his word is when we're born again. That's when it happens. That's when it can light up and make your heart jump. But it's in verse 16, but whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Amen. It's taken away. There's no more veil. You can see. You can understand. You can read his word and have your heart jump and get that revelation, that peace that you can apply to your life. You can know and understand it. Oh, hallelujah. And now the Lord is the spirit where which the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage. There's freedom. We're free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. The free people are bold. The free people are fearless. The free people tell and talk about it. But when we start to push things down, Try to put the veil back up. Back up. Not the bridal veil. What power is there? We're trying to stomp it down. We need to let it out. Let it out. Let it out. How? How do I let it out? Boldly, boldly fearlessly, declare, talk about it. Oh. But not to sister so and so. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Jesus tears off the veil, tore it off for you. This is so good. If we allow him to flow in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If we go back to chapter 4. Verse 6. For who God commanded the light to shine out in the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that this excellency of the power of God be of God and not of us. We don't have to worry about this power that's shining forth. He's doing the shining. He is the light. We turn on the flashlight, but we don't make the light. The things in the flashlight make the light. We just press a button and make the connection go. We just press it and then the flashlight does its job. We don't worry about making the light brighter. Oh, we might, we might adjust it, you know. But we don't have to worry about that light until we need to change the battery. But we have a light that, we don't, that has a never-ending battery, never-ending power supply. And we just turn on the light, 
and don't worry about how it shines. We just let it shine. We don't worry about it. How does it shine? What does it do? Oh, oh, better dim it, better dim it. No, we just let it shine forth. And you know what? People are not going to like you. People are not going to like it. The Israelites, put a cover over your face. Put a cover over your face. And Moses did. But he didn't have to. There's a lot. Moses had a life. (laughs) When I think about Moses and his choices, he had a life. He had to lead the Israelites. No one wants that job. No one ever, you know, no one. Like, and even like, you know, when, when God told Moses to do that, he was worried about his stutter and things like that. I, I, he should have been worried about them because <laughs> they were stubborn and they, and they didn't move. And, and, and the sin that, that he committed was because of their complaining, which was constant. Like, he, like he, he, he heard their complaining for so long. And at the very last, he just made a choice and smacked a rock and then didn't get to go in the promised land. Ah, oh, sucks. Really? Like, you know, I'm like, I can't say that I wouldn't have hit that rock either. Because, man, they're annoying. <laughs> they want to go back to slavery because of garlics and onions? Why? Why? <sighs> anyway. But then we flash forward to Jesus on the cross. And someone who did a not good, any good thing throughout his whole life, his whole life, spoke to Jesus for a short period of time, nailed to the cross too. And Jesus says to him, this day you'll be in paradise with me. That's what the New Testament does. That's what the New Covenant does. That it can erase an entire life of sin. And you can be with Jesus in heaven in paradise. That's our new covenant. When we talk to people and let the light shine, they're going to hurt us. But can we be like Jesus? When all forsook him, can we be like him? Can we stand and be the only one in the room It's hard, I know, but we have that power in us and we don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be ashamed of the gospel and that's what it comes down to, that someone close to us said something hurtful to us because we talked about Jesus, that a coworker sneered at us because we talked to them about Jesus, that someone, a stranger in the by side said a snarky comment. None of that matters. I'd rather say to that person, this day you'll be with me in paradise. I'd rather forgive. And the petty offenses that other people feel can be dealt with in one yes. Only one yes. 
only one yes. When we said yes to him, that moment, his power inside of us, shining. We don't need to be ashamed. Jesus, he's so cool. He's so great. He's so awesome. He knew the right thing to say in the right moment all the time. He backed those people that were trying to get him in trouble in a corner. They couldn't get out on the inside of us. We can know what to say. We allow that light to shine. And we're not covering it. Shalane, why don't you come on up? We'll pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to read this one more time. In 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine into the darkness, out of darkness, has commanded that light to shine in you, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Don't put that power in the china cabinet. Keep it with you. Handling it. Using it. Allowing it to flow. And we just have to believe. We just have to say yes and believe. It's super easy. And I know there's hurts when someone you cared about bit your head off. When a coworker lied about you to your boss. But he is our helper. He is our protector. He's the one who's shining. And that darkness cannot be there when it's shining. That darkness cannot touch you. Oh, thank you, Father, for that light that's on the inside of us, for your power that's on the inside of us, for you that is on the inside of us. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that your people let your light shine, that we don't dampen it, that we fearlessly and boldly tell others about you that we have wisdom on how to approach people, that we have the Holy Spirit guiding us and showing us who to speak to in the room. No more standing at the edge of the corner, just not knowing what to do. But you in us, and we boldly, boldly cross the room to that person that you have on our heart, that you put on our heart, and that we speak to them. And we minister to them. I thank you, Lord, for your light shining in us. And I thank you for the light that's going to spark on the inside of the people that we meet. I thank you for those people who are 
what if I say the wrong thing? What, what do we do? What do we pray? How do I get someone born again? That those fears would just erase right now in the name of Jesus. But simply in, an invitation to have a life in you. It's easy. And I thank you that your people, that, 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 they're, that you've been in a dusty corner, that you've been put in the closet. I thank you, Lord, for just shaking it out, shaking off the dust, shaking off the dust. And I thank you, Lord, that you make us clean, that you make us clean, and that you make us unashamed, that we don't have to be embarrassed by something we did 20 years ago that the person that we're talking to saw but I thank you that the, that the slate is clean. And we don't have to be ashamed. But we can boldly say, this is what Jesus did for me. And he can do it for you. Oh, I thank you, Lord. That your heart is for the people here in Surrey. That your heart is for the unsaved people out in our community. In BC and across this nation. And I thank you that priorities are being straightened right now, even right now. That it's no more about masks and mandates and, and vaccines, but it's about saved, saved, saved. It's about you need to be saved. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that discussions are just changing all around our country, all over our country. I thank you, Lord for the right words being spoken to the people, the right words being spoken to unbelievers, for those divine encounters where the spark of revelation that we have pierces that veil and Jesus can take it off and remove it. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you're wanting to do a new thing in this city, a new thing across this country. And I thank you that you're getting your people ready. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you laid the groundwork. That you laid the foundation. Oh, I thank you, Lord. That it's a strong building. A sturdy building that you're building. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for the house here at Celebration Life. The strong house that is here. And I thank you for your people that are going forth from this house and seeing miracles, seeing lives saved. Oh, I thank you, Lord, through your power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.